For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Welcome back to another episode of the Work Redefined podcast, where we talk to women who are doing it all, but doing it with faith at the forefront. We want to welcome those of you who are new to us. If you are new to our podcast community, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. I want to invite you to commit to your growth and development. Wouldn't it be cool if you started listening to every episode this year and made an investment to grow in preventing your burnout and creating more peace and balance in your life? How can you do it? Very simply, just subscribe wherever you consume this content. Also, it's really important to get your burnout prevention guide. Download the guide in our show notes and we'll send you an email with all the information you need to be a part of our community of leaders. We are going to work really hard to give you high quality content. And if this content is helpful to you, would you do us a favor? What you can do for us is to follow us on social media, write a review, and continue to engage with our organization. If this is helpful, post it and share with others. Now let's dive into new content if you're ready to grow. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Raina Bergstrom. Uh, Raina is the graduate of Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, and she had a degree in communication and religious studies. And now she has the amazing pleasure of working full-time, traveling and speaking as Miss North Dakota 2021. So also on top of all that, she is an active artist and a writer and a musician. Plus, I know you do a lot of photography, so that's really exciting. But Rena, I'm so excited to be here with you. And um, yeah, I just wanted you to just introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us all the amazing things we need to know about you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for that warm intro, Grace. Yes, my name is Raina, and thrilled to be here this morning. It's a little early, but I guess not too early. The sun has finally risen. I'm seeing outside my window, so that's encouraging to see. Uh, yes, I am from Fargo, native of, yes, Fargo, North Dakota. I grew up here, went to Oak Grove Lutheran High School in town, and then I went to Concordia College, where I graduated, as you said, in 2018. And I have a big family. I'm one of five kids, and I moved home during the pandemic, so it's been exciting living at home because four of the five kids now are living at home, which is not something that I think my mother or father necessarily planned because most of us are actually in our 20s, believe it or not, so we're living at home, you know, doing all that, but it's been a lot of fun because we also have five dogs, and uh, so we have five dogs and four of the kids living at home with mom and dad. And yes, but it's been the greatest joy too, because I don't think I would have dealt as well with the last two years if I didn't have that community of my family to be a part of. So very thankful for the home environment. And Mm -hmm. then this past June, I won the title of Miss North Dakota, which was a long time coming. I started competing when I was a freshman at Concordia, so seven years ago, and competed a total of four times. I competed my freshman and sophomore years at Concordia and then decided that I I loved competing, had so much fun, but also I just wanted to focus on school and being really present there. So I decided to take a couple of years off, came back in 2019 and thought it was finally my time. It wasn't. I got first runner up and I was pretty devastated, but also just trusted God's plan and knowing that, you know, if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. And so I kind of gave up on the dream, closed the door. And then 
a lady reached out who was leading a local competition and said that they needed more, more, more women to compete. And so she, in a short story, basically she convinced me to do it again. And I did it. And a month later, not even a month later, about three weeks later, the pandemic hit and the state competition was postponed from being that June to the following June. So over a year. And so it wasn't until then June of 2021 that I finally had my last chance of competing. I'd actually aged out at that point, believe it or not, but because of the pandemic, I was grandfathered in. And so at 26, I was the oldest uh, woman to ever win the title of Miss North Dakota. And since then, I, I've been doing it. And it's been the most uh, challenging but rewarding year of my life in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And I was working full time actually at Concordia up until September of this year. So I was juggling both Miss North Dakota and working as a content specialist on Concordia's communications and marketing team up until September. And then really just had a heart to heart with like my mom and my sister. And I just told them I was really struggling to do both because they're both technically full-time jobs. That's something that not everyone realizes about Miss North Dakota is that mm -hmm. it really is a, I mean, it's a huge commitment. I'm expected to go into schools and businesses and really speak and just talk with a lot of individuals across our state, which means a lot of traveling and a lot of time mm -hmm. on the road. And when you have an in-person job, that meant I was going through a lot of PTO and didn't have much time to be present in that job. And so I realized, you know, when I'm 90 years old and look back on my life, I don't want to have regret with my one year's Miss North Dakota wasting. Mm -hmm. So even though I loved my job at Concordia, I just felt on my heart that I needed to dive all in with being Miss North Dakota. Otherwise, I was going to regret it. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I was going to do it and do this unconventional job for one year because really I'm a full-time freelancer. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. I schedule myself and try to stay as busy as possible. And it means a lot of reaching out, a lot of emails being like, Hey, can I come to your event? Can I come to your mm -hmm. school? And that's a lot of the, the side that people don't see of being Miss North Dakota. Most people see the crown and the sash and think, Oh, mm -hmm. she's all these things handed to her and gets to do all these cool things. Mm -hmm. But really a lot of it behind the scenes is a lot of work making these events happen. Mm -hmm. But I think the rewarding part has just been that I've been able to be a role model for young people across our state. And that's mm -hmm. been the greatest joy, biggest honor of my life is being able to speak positivity and just words of affirmation into people's lives and share my story. And I believe when we share our story, we give people permission to do the same. And I'm a believer mm -hmm. that storytelling is so powerful on so many fronts. So it's been, yeah, a great privilege. And I now just have a little over two months left in my job as Miss North Dakota. So it's been the one-year position, that's it, is actually yeah. super cute. I was at an elementary school the other week and I spoke to a classroom of kindergartners. And I was telling them that I only got to be Miss North Dakota for about two more months. And they're like, what? Why? They're so confused. And this one little boy, it was absolutely darling. He's like, well, you should just be the queen of England. She's going to die soon. You can just take over her job. Oh my <laughs> I thought that was so good. I'm like, you know, I think her family members actually step into that role. And he's like, well, they're going to die too eventually. <laughs> you can just take over for them. I just thought it was so sweet. Cause I'm like, this little boy literally thought I was a queen. Oh. I mean, you know, I was wearing a crown on my yeah. head. It was so sweet. So those little yeah. interactions have been so yeah. much fun. Well, so I love how you brought up how it's not just like the crime and the sash. There's so much more that goes into it. And I think like, like you said, people do not see that. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to, I mean, you said you're doing a lot of outreach. It's kind of up to you to like get out there. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's kind of like, like sales. I mean, really. And you know, yeah. when it comes to that is like, 
burnout and that's what we talk a lot about so maybe talk how you kind of protect yourself and how you you know avoid getting burnt out in this role when it's continually outreaching and doing all this like how are you taking care of yourself like resting like finding that time yeah no it's tough and especially in the united states where our culture values go 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 mentality and basically work nonstop until you do burn out. I mean, I think that's really some, I love being an American. I have such pride with living in this country, but also I see countries in Europe that so much more prioritize rest and health and well-being and taking time to vacation and be with your loved one. I think that's something that we struggle with here in the United States. And in the Midwest, I think it's somewhat better being that I think mm-hmm. we really do value the family and our personal relationships. Not to say that the coasts don't, but I think there's a level of that mentality in the Midwest, especially Mm -hmm. that exists more than might on the other sides of the United States. But yeah, it's really tough. And I think it just comes to knowing, knowing yourself really well, which I mean, we're all on this ongoing pursuit of discovering our inner self and Mm -hmm. what makes us tick, what turns us on, you know, all the little things that make us unique to who we are. And so for me this year, it's really realizing, okay, what are my needs? And when I'm at that point where I just feel like I'm going to cry or I'm just going to like explode, you know, it's tapping and be like, okay, why am I at this point? What do I need? What are my needs right now? Is it because I feel lonely? Is it because I'm just so mentally and physically exhausted? I think when you get to those moments where it's really tough, you have to, you, or you should, I mean, not all of us do this. I don't do this most of the time, but really recognizing the why behind that. And so if you can pinpoint the why behind why you might get to that point, I think it might be easier to prevent yourself from getting to that point. So for me, I think the biggest challenge of this year and why I've gotten to those points is just that I don't have a normal rhythm every single day. Every week is so different. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have weeks where I'll really push, push, push and go, go, go. And then I'll have weeks where I'll be home for a week and have a lot more screen time and scheduling appointments and mm-hmm. visits and all of that. And so I've realized, you know, after the weeks of where I'm go, go, go with people constantly, those weeks are super rewarding and so much fun, but I'm exhausted at the end mm-hmm. of those weeks because when you're Miss North Dakota, I, I think people in a sense think you're a Disney princess. And so you have mm-hmm. to be that face and smile and joyful presence that mm-hmm. people expect of you because that's kind of the legacy of the job and just the expectation of what it is. Mm-hmm. So after a week of go, 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 smile, 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 be happy. And with everybody, I come home and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I need a few days just to recharge, mm-hmm. to go to the gym, to sleep a bit, to, to write. I actually am very introverted. And I don't think people realize mm-hmm. that about myself because I project this energy that is very extroverted. And I love people. I'm really, I do feed off of that energy too, but it needs to be balanced with my introverted side, which is more artistic and loves, Mm -hmm. yeah, like photography and writing and being more in tune with myself. Because I know for me, that's where I get reacquainted with who I am. And I feel more connected to my, just like my inner soul. Mm -hmm. And I know when I'm more, I feel more connected with myself. That's when I can give more authentically back to others because I feel Mm -hmm. more centered internally. And also too, that's my time when I, you know, I I pray and like, I feel like I get more in touch with the Mm -hmm. Lord. And when I'm with people constantly, it's hard to kind of be still and filter out noise when you're just so, yeah, just mm-hmm. constantly bombarded by conversation and the, mm-hmm. the news. So it's well, uh, like the idea of just being still and mm-hmm. like, you know, you need, we need time to just like sit and be still. And like you said, like when we feel more connected, when we spend time like in prayer, when we just can sit, like that can be the most recharging thing. Like whether you're an introvert or extrovert, I think like, like you said, like the world is so fast paced and you know, we, like our culture has that go, go, go mentality. Like you said at the beginning, and it's like, 
we never take time just to sit Mm -hmm. and whether like whatever you're doing in that moment just to like take five minutes and just like recharge yourself I think that we forget that that can be the most powerful thing in the world absolutely and especially with technology now I mean the smartphone this makes it seemingly impossible because I feel like it's constantly just like buzzing and you're getting notifications and you know you see two on your Facebook you're like oh I gotta check it and so when we have those moments of stillness we automatically fill them with technology and that's not stillness that's not that's not peace that I think for many of us actually creates the opposite more anxiety more stress because we're seeing all these notifications on people we need to get back to and it's a lot and mm-hmm. I've actually found one of my favorite things about this year so I said I do a lot of traveling mm-hmm. and I do a lot of that driving by myself mm-hmm. so I'll like cross like North Dakota I'll go oftentimes out west and I'll have you know five hours mm-hmm. be myself on the road in my car And lately I've done a lot of just quiet drives. I mean, normally I'm a big podcast listener. I listen to a lot of music, but lately I've just been craving that stillness. And so I've just had silence in the car for hours. And I don't know if everyone can do that, but for me, it's been so great because I finally just feel like I have time in my thoughts, time to think, time to pray. And I just have found that to be the best thing. So I'll get to a spot and be like, wow, I just feel so charged up. I just drove like four hours in silence. Yeah. thing you know it's so funny that you said that because that's something I've been implementing because so I drive like so my hometown is about two and a half hours away and so pretty much like every weekend and that's where my boyfriend's from so I'm kind of like going back and forth all the time and I this this past weekend I did not like lately at least like the first hour I just have to have silence because yeah like that's my time when you you finally just like remove yourself from everything and yep. all you have is you and like you're in full control and there's nothing to even think about and just like this silence it's actually so powerful so I would challenge everyone listening to try a quiet drive let's right. that's our challenge oh. for the podcast is quiet try a quiet drive big proponent of that it's just great for thinking and mm-hmm. I've had the best ideas on solo drives showers and drives that's where I get my best ideas because that's where I'm not on my phone that's when I'm just in my own thoughts I'm like oh random ideas will just come to you and you're like where did I come from yeah so yeah powerful for sure (laughs) well Brianna so when it comes to you're obviously busy like you just said you know you're traveling all the time doing all this stuff so and I know you said you live at home with your family right now but how are you really finding the balance between like work family, friends, but also how are you incorporating faith into all of that? Mm -hmm. Yes. Going into this year, I had conversations with a number of former Miss North Dakotas. And one thing they warned me of in the job is that it can be a very lonely and isolating year. And for me, just knowing my history background, I really don't deal well with loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so right away, I was like, okay, I don't want to get to that point where I feel isolated and alone. So how can I mitigate that? And I knew living at home would be a big piece of that. So for me, that's been huge. Um, Two, where was I going with that? Two, so family. And oh my gosh, I totally just lost my train of thought. Uh, What was I even saying? Does that happen to you ever? And you're just like, it happens to me all the time, all the time. I'm like, shoot. like you're I'm just like, where was I going with that? Okay, yeah. so I was talking about loneliness. Tell me the original question again. I can't believe I just totally had a brain fart. <laughs> so, okay. I just asked, like, how do you, how are you balancing work, family, friends, and then oh, fa- thinking all that? Yeah. Yes. How am I balancing family, friends? Okay, I know where I was going with that. Okay, so two. So I knew that even though I was going to have this very kind of chaotic, all over kind of year, I didn't want my relationships to go to the wayside. And so I still made it a priority to meet up with at least one friend a week. 
I lead a small group at my church. And so I decided I still wanted to be a part of that every week that I was in town. I knew that was going to be a challenge knowing that some Wednesdays I wasn't going to be in Fargo-Moorhead, but I lead a group of high school girls. And I just told them like, Hey, like I'm not going to be here every week, but I still want to be here for you. And I still want to be a part of this awesome community. So I'm still doing that. It's been hard because some weeks I've, I've been gone for like two or three weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a great community that I've been able to still be a part of. And yeah, I think just for me, relationships, I realize are the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So whether that be, you know, like in-person relationships, but also like my relationship with God, because at the end of the day, end of our lives, I mean, that's what we're going to reflect on and realize, hey, this is really what mattered in my life is these relationships. Mm-hmm. So I just try to make them a priority. And I haven't found that to be too much of a challenge. I like to think that I'm pretty good at reaching out to my friends and staying in communication. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess, I'm, yeah, as I said, I'm, I majored in communication in college. So I'd like to think I'm a somewhat decent communicator. But I mean, for us, I mean, communication is so underrated and it's such mm-hmm. a challenge. Mm-hmm. But it's just knowing everyone's kind of expectations and communication styles, at least for those you're closest to. Yeah. Be really, really helpful. And this is so, a good point because everyone truly communicates so differently and you need to know, yeah. like, sometimes, like, there, I know we talk about like sometimes we have a certain specific friend that just like never reach out but they are just like they want to be with you but they're just really bad at communicating that so it's like recognizing you know maybe this one friend you want to see all the time but they just are horrible at reaching out so like I think that's really awesome you said that you uh and you make it a priority to meet with meet with one friend a week mm-hmm. um, and that probably helps with the loneliness and I think yeah. like could you dive a little bit more into like the loneliness part and also like how have you leaned into your faith in times of struggle with that? Or, um, I mean, if you have struggled with it, or just like, how have you leaned into your faith when times have gotten hard? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone alluded to this, but I just knowing my history and my background, I struggled with loneliness growing up. I was very shy. So in elementary school, I remember playing every recess in the playground by myself a lot of the time. And those memories, it's, fascinating how your childhood memories will stick with you like the yes. ones that really like struck you at your core they stick mm-hmm. with you in your entire life and so mm-hmm. I remember yes yeah, being on play sets in elementary school by myself and just wondering like what's wrong with me like why don't I have any friends mm-hmm. I mean there's a number of reasons but I mean I did have friends not saying I didn't have friends mm-hmm. but I'm like why was I in that situation and a big part of that was I was just really shy and I wasn't one to go up to kids and be like, hey, like, let's play, let's do stuff. Like I was more like just reclusive and to myself. So I, I remember that vividly from elementary school. And then actually when my semester in Washington, D.C. was a very lonely season because thanks to social media, I was seeing all my friends back home our final semester having so much fun doing all these mm-hmm. things. And I wasn't with them and they weren't really, they stopped reaching out kind of about halfway through the semester just because like it's busy and you get mm. caught up in what's going on around you. I, I understand that. But I came back after my semester so excited to see people and no one really reached out. And I was so hurt because I just spent this entire semester away, came back, and had about a week and a half before graduation, was expecting to see everybody, but one, they're in the middle final, so not great timing there, uh, but two, I just was, yeah, I was really hurt, and maybe I should have done a better job of reaching out and telling people that I was back, and I probably could have done a better job on that front, but I graduated college thinking, wow, I am ending my college experience feeling so alone, and so just kind of defeated, 
And I was like, I never thought I'd be in that place. I thought this was going to be one of the pinnacle moments in my life. You know, I got that degree. I feel so on top of the world, but instead I felt lonely, um, terrified by the future, just not knowing what I was going to do other than that summer. I had plans for the following summer, but beyond (laughs) that, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I was really just struck by the sense of, yeah, fear and realizing like I really crave community and I don't feel like I have that right now. So that's really can be two really hard places to be when you feel lonely and when you're terrified by the future, kind of scary. But I think oftentimes a lot of us are in that situation. I think that's a regular occurrence in life and for Mm -hmm. many of us. Mm -hmm. I think that also like big transitions too is when that comes up the most. I mean, like that's a huge transition from you know college to the workforce, but even like in the middle of someone's career, or maybe it's just like you know, becoming a mother or like things like that, like those big transitions. I think when that stuff shows up the most. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Transition periods are tough. Mm-hmm. And once you get to the other side, it's usually not as bad as you think it's going to yeah. be. It ends up working out. But also mm-hmm. in those seasons, I think that leads us the opportunity to really lean on God and be in prayer and just trust that he has it worked out. He has it mapped out. And that's an easy concept, but to actually really believe that in here in your heart is I think another <laughs> endeavor altogether but at least for me in those times I reflect back I'm like that's actually when I did feel closest to God it was in those transition mm-hmm. periods of uh yeah feeling alone feeling scared being worried about the future yeah I mean honestly I, lately I've just been really focusing on uh, like what do, what do I actually like what are my values and one of the values I came up you know with is just really trusting in the plan that God has for us, because I think, I mean, even for you, like who you, you were saying when your story, your story of how you, um, you know, ran from a start to go, ran, 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 and then decided, no, it's not my time anymore, but you thought you were going to give up, but then God's plan of obviously was so much different and he'll just show up and like, just trusting that even in your loneliness, even in, um, all of this, like he has a plan, just like trusting that he knows what you need. Absolutely. No. And I've reflected on that so much grace because for me, I really thought in 2019, that was finally my time because when I first competed in 2015 and 2016, I, I wanted it, but I felt on my heart and just prayed like, not yet, God, like I, I want to go back to school. I want to work at the Bible camp. Cause I'd come from actually working as a camp counselor, both my times mm-hmm. competing in, in June of those years. And I remember just praying, I got second runner up both those years. So I got close, but when I got to those, you know, final three, I just was praying like, not yet. It's not my time, not yet. And so I was just always so thankful and felt such peace both those times. Cause I walked away doing well with great scholarships, but also didn't have to commit to the job. But then in 2019, I really felt it was my time. I was like, this is it. Like, God, please like third time's a charm. Right. And then of course I got first runner up and I was just like, I remember crying. I was like, God, like I worked so hard. Like I finally thought it was my time. And then of course, you know, that year the pandemic hit and that Miss North Dakota actually had to serve for two years instead of one, which, you know, some might see as like, wow, what a great opportunity. But I also believe it's a one-year position for a reason. And I think extending it to two years can be really a lot. And it's just hard because going back to like normal life, having a real job, I didn't think I'd crave it so much, but at this point too, I'm really looking forward to routine 
and mm-hmm. having consistency in my life rather than every week trying to figure out, okay, what's the plan this week? What's, mm-hmm. where am I going next week? It's a lot more like up in the air. And so for me, I'm definitely craving that consistency. But anyway, back to the story. So I didn't win in 2019. And mm-hmm. I just believe, okay, God, I guess this is your plan. Like I wasn't meant to win for whatever reason. And so I'm just kind of closing the door on that dream. And then of course, that local director, that lady reached out about eight months later asking me to compete. And so I grudgingly signed up. I wasn't too excited to do it, but I figured, well, you know, what do mm-hmm. I have to lose? I haven't aged out yet. And so I did it and had a good experience. But then just a few weeks later, COVID hit. And instead of that competition happening three months later, it was extended to 15 months later. And so over that time, I had so much time just to prep and reflect and think and pray and realize, do I want this or do I not? And that gave me the time to really honestly come to terms with myself and be like, okay, actually, this is still a dream. I really do want this. And I just saw it as this wonderful opportunity to really prepare to the best of my abilities, like full on, mm-hmm. potentially the next Miss North Dakota. And then I won in June of this year. Didn't expect it because I'd been in that spot multiple times before where you get so close and then mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. So, you know, I was standing there with the other gal. One of us was going to win. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking to myself like, nope, don't got it. It's not me. It's going to be her once again. And then they called my name and it just was the most surreal moment of my life. And so it's been so rewarding because this year it was actually the hundred year anniversary of Miss America. So I got to participate in that centennial class and my class itself, we were told by so many volunteers that we are the best class they've ever had because we all got along. We were so supportive of one another. Mm -hmm. And there was just this like unity and community that apparently hasn't existed in many years at the Miss America level. So for me, I'm like, wow, thanks God. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I got to be a part of that and got to be part of the hundred anniversary and like not have to serve for two years, got to do one year coming out of the pandemic and share a message that I feel is especially relevant uh, coming out of such pandemics. So mm-hmm. it's just like crazy to look back. I'm like, wow, had it been my time, it might've been fine. But since I believe it was God's time, like tremendously better in mm-hmm. so many ways. So, and just being, yeah, the oldest Miss North Dakota ever, I just feel like, sure, I could have served in this role at age 19 and maybe probably done fine. But being 26, I just have a lot more experiences to reflect back on and give me confidence. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I can serve a lot, just maximize my time in this role because I have a history of doing other things already that's given me mm-hmm. the skills and tool set to really serve Miss North in the role of Miss North Dakota that much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love what you said about God's time is always better than like our time because mm-hmm. it is like that is such a blessing and obviously like that was his plan yeah. completely that is like gives me goosebumps because you know you want something and it's, it's it can be applicable to anything I mean even just you know applying for jobs I mean like that's going to be coming up here I'm sure for you and I'm sure you're probably in that so it's like you know if something doesn't happen or whatever you don't get the exact thing that you want but like in the end it all is better because it's not what God wants for you. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. And it's hard to trust that in the process. Like we might know that in our head, but really believing that like, okay, God does have a plan. His hand mm-hmm. is in this. Yeah. Like, you know that, but also like, oh, when you want something so badly to happen or praying and just thinking, okay, okay, this mm-hmm. is be. And then it doesn't. And you're like, why? You know, it's like, we don't know. Come the on. It's like, Come on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, incredibly frustrating and yeah I think 
for me, there's been multiple times, even since like winning, I'm like, why did this happen the way it did? But just reflecting on at least my Miss North Dakota journey has given me yeah. a lot of peace in knowing, okay, no, his hand is definitely in this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just need to keep continue trusting and relying mm-hmm. on him through it all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, so good. Well, I have two more questions to ask you. The other okay. question I want to ask you is, um, so obviously like you get to kind of choose what you're doing, right? You know, you're kind of like reaching out and doing stuff. So how do you determine what gets your yes when filling your time with things that really matter to you or really matter, um, in your life? Like, how do you determine like what, yeah, what gets your yes? Right. Well, first and foremost, I keep telling myself, this is a one-year job. Mm-hmm. And so, especially knowing that I've just over two months left, like I want to maximize that time. So really I try to say yes to as many things as I can, which might sometimes it sometimes is a lot, but also I'm like, okay, I only have this much time to do this job. So I'm going to try to do it. So one question I often get asked is, am I paid for appearances? And with some, yes, but not all, because not everyone is able to pay me. And so mm-hmm. in those situations, I have to decide, okay, do I still want to go to this, even though I'm not paid or, or not? And so for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I went to Devil's Lake High School for, they had a ninth grade and um, 10th grade speaker day, essentially. They took the ACT in the morning and then had speakers in the afternoon. And it was an unpaid, unpaid visit. And I knew that going into it, but I was also like, okay, this gives me the opportunity to speak to over a hundred kids potentially. And yes, it's about five hours of driving because it's about two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back, but I have the opportunity to pour into kids. And so immediately I was like, yes. I'm doing it. I want to do it because for one, I didn't have anything else scheduled that day. So I had a wide open day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if I have the opportunity to be hopefully positively impacting people, <coughs> I want to do it. And the roads were good. So that was another thing too. You know, if it's bad road conditions, I've had a yeah. number of experiences that have been canceled because of weather this year. Mm-hmm. Always frustrating, but it's yeah, just like out of our control. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so, yes, so I do have control, but I think it's just, you know, looking at my schedule, what do I have scheduled that day and living at home, that's a huge expense that I don't have to worry about right now. So that's been a wonderful blessing. I know if I had to pay rent every single month, this entire year would have looked probably very differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think for me, I try to say yes to as many things as I can. And if something obviously conflicts, or I just feel I really don't have the energy to give to it. I mean, I will say no, but I haven't done that on many, many times. Cause I guess I reflect back to, and I'm like, usually I regret the things that I didn't say yes to rather than the ones I did say no to. So mm-hmm. I try to do as much as I can while mm-hmm. also recognizing I do have limits also. <laughs> well, I think you, you know, there is a time limit to like what you're doing. So to fill it up completely. And I think that's a good point because I think sometimes it can be hard when there's no time limit to something you're doing, especially like a job and like, recognizing like doing less sometimes can be more because it is something for the long haul but when it, there is a time limit to something yeah. packing it full is easy to do because you can do that right um, but there is obviously a balance between you know something that is more long-term because you're going to get burnt out if you keep mm-hmm. filling it filling and filling it um because you probably couldn't do what you're doing filling it as full as you can forever obviously that's why you said it's a one-year job so yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. You said it right there. I mean, I even think, think about my workouts at the gym, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in a class and the instructor is like 30 more seconds and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I got this versus like, when you're doing a, a routine, a workout and you're like, okay, how much longer is it? I don't yeah. think I can do this. I can't do this. And then they, yeah, they say the timeline, you're like, oh, I got 
this now yeah. because you can see the end, you know, you can see mm -hmm. the finish line. So I think that definitely helps drive energy when you can see the end in sight versus mm -hmm. when you don't know the end, you don't know how long this is going to be. You're like, okay, do I have to conserve mm -hmm. my energy? Where am I at? So mm -hmm. for me knowing, yes, that I have two months left, I'm like, okay, we're going to push, we're going to push and then we can rest afterward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think it's important to maybe, you know, people who are in a, like a full-time role or something like a, a, like a normal, like, let's just say like normal nine to five, like whatever it looks like it's yeah. different for everybody, but even like putting deadlines on things or putting like, okay, this is like my quarter looks like, and like creating personal deadlines or creating personal goals for each quarter or like month or whatever. So you have like a full push, like you can push towards the end and like fill your schedule or whatever you can do, but you can do, I think that's my dad who told me one time, like if you can do anything for like three months or something like that, I don't know what he's like, it was such a random number. And I was like, you're right, you're right. Like you can do anything for three months. If you can do it for a week, you can do it for two weeks. You can, you know, but like having that mindset of like, you can do it for this long, you can make it this long. You can make it a little bit longer. So like setting those deadlines Bound kind of boundaries too deadlines yeah. boundaries yeah and I think those definitely help us in that regard and just yeah conserving energy mm -hmm. and energy all those things yes mm -hmm. I think that's a great tip because yes in like the real world the work world yes sometimes it's like yeah how long are you gonna have to push and do something mm -hmm. And maybe your supervisor, whoever is in charge of the project or whatever it is you're doing, doesn't tell you those things. So sometimes I think it's important to take that incentive yourself and be like, okay, like this is when I'm getting this done by. Mm -hmm. This is realistically how much time I need to do this. And mm -hmm. then to go at it. And then when the deadline comes up, like, well, hopefully you've, you've met your goal yeah. or you extend it a little longer. I mean, that's okay too. But I think really putting those realistic deadlines and boundaries in place can be mm -hmm. a huge tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so good. Well, Raina, I have one last question before we wrap up. And I think I told you I was going to ask you this, so I hope you have one ready. But uh, yes, what would you say if you could think of your favorite Bible verse and why? And like, what does it mean to you? Mm -hmm. The one that always comes to mind, and that's a popular one, is Jeremiah 29, 11, which is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. And for me, that just gives me such peace because I definitely am one who is a planner by nature and lives in the future. And I try, I strive to live in the present, but oftentimes my mind is already to the next thing. And so that peace gives me, <laughs> that verse gives me peace because I just know that, you know, God is in control. He is beyond time outside of it and has everything mapped out and his hand is in it, is all, mm -hmm. is in it all. And I just try to remind myself of that when I am worrying and when I am stressing about the unknowns of my life and mm -hmm. what's around the corner and I don't know. I just, yeah, that verse serves as a consistent and constant reminder of his, of his presence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just the fact that he has it all laid out for each and every one of us. That's just so good. It's so funny that you said this verse because this verse has popped up like six times for me in the past like couple of days. And I'm like, oh okay, God. maybe this is like a sign. And it's so funny because I went to re a retreat um, back in November. And this was like our verse that, that the whole weekend was based around like, for, and it'd be a sign like, for I know the plans I have. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny that you said that. And I think honestly like our whole conversation really just comes back to the idea that God does like he kept saying God has his hand in it all and truly God's plan is so much better than what we could plan and even how you saw it you know in your whole experience with Miss North Dakota 
and in your whole experience with college and like coming back in everything, the kids plan is so much better. Yeah. And so I just think that like, that's such a wonderful way to like wrap this up is, you know, let's just feel the peace and like, especially in the peace in that verse, like he has a plan and mm-hmm. a plan for us to prosper and um, just be happy. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. So <laughs> well, Rena, I thank you so much for your time and this conversation. Uh, this has been so wonderful. So Oh, likewise. Thank you so much for doing this and for pouring into this wonderful digital space every single week and for creating, yeah, just content that is uplifting and shares a message that I believe a lot lot of women, but a lot of people need to hear. And that's the idea of burnout and God's place and role in our lives in the workplace and all that. So thank you for what you're doing here. And yeah, it's been the greatest joy talking with you. So thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Oh, thanks, Raina. Oh, 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 oh,